Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, it, wait, it's the last week of the year, and that means it's time to chill out. It's time to revisit some of our favorite episodes and settings from this year. And that's exactly what we're going to do. But before we do that, remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click the link, follow the instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we are still somehow over on Twitter at Let's World Build. Or if you really want to come chat with us more directly, come join our Discord where we are chatting about world building Pokemon for some reason. Well, actually, not for some reason, because Scarlet and Violet's actually quite good. Anyway, besides the point, come join our Discord. We'll chat with you. We'll hang out with you. Uh, you can share off your world. You can ask us questions and be part of our community in general. Of course, if you are feeling particularly generous, you can always give us money over on Patreon. You can get Patreon bonuses like a patron-exclusive Discord, patron-exclusive episodes, and early releases for the podcast. Uh, a big thanks to all of our patrons for their continued support. And with all of that out of the way, let's dive right back into our retrospective. So, 2022 was quite the year, let me tell you. We switched formats just a little bit, and I have to say, we had some real bangers throughout the year. A uh, bunch of interviews, a bunch of really great settings, a bunch of really interesting stuff that happened. So for this episode, we're going to be revisiting some of our favorites and uh, giving them just a little bit more loving. So Daniel, uh, no, nah, nah, let's not start with Daniel today, actually. <laughs> so Courtney, why don't you get us started today and tell us what was the setting that you wanted to revisit? Perhaps coming as a surprise to no one, but I would like to go back towards the start of the year with uh, the City of a Thousand Sacrifices, which was... Yeah, believe, no, that's not a surprise at all. Yeah, like, no, not, not, not even, even a little bit. No, yeah, not, no, not at all. No, no, sorry. Um, I believe that one was submitted by uh, our patron Diploraptor, and he had asked for a setting where there was a glowing city that was run by a church that was good in nature. I think it was demonstrably good and it was capital g good so if we're looking at that alignment chart it's capital yes. g good yeah and we took it in perhaps an unexpected direction because i had brought in the idea of uh yeah that's certainly one way of putting it Courtney. <laughs> yeah, sure <laughs> so to put this in perspective when i'm given like a a limitation or a restriction i will sometimes try to interpret that in a different way or sort of push back. You were literally one step away from like, okay, there's the subreddit malicious compliance. <laughs> that was literally you with this part. It was Pretty both much. of you really. Yeah. Like I'm the one who's like, hold on guys, can we not have as much child sacrifice? And you guys were like, this is bullshit. We want more child sacrifice. Yeah. As it happens when you tell us no. Right. It's like you tell us to do one thing and we're like, are you yeah. sure we have to do that? Because if we have to do that, we're going to do it our way and we're going to yeah. fuck it up. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. And I'm like scrambling to like train you guys in just a little bit. Like, let's do less murder, less murder. Not all Not all of it's gone. I think in that episode, we actually asked, like, what is murder technically? I believe we asked that question. <laughs> no, okay. 
I'm pretty sure at some point during this episode, <laughs> I was like, guys, something, something, murder is objectively evil. And both of you were like, like, is it mm, though? Actually, yeah, I think we did say that. Yeah, I think we did say that. I stand by, I stand by that. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I'm not. I don't necessarily. Okay, we're not doing this again. <laughs> Yeah, so for, for context, for maybe people who haven't listened to that setting yet, of course, I recommend that you go back and check it out. But basically, one of the tenets that I introduced was that the church is performing uh, blood sacrifices in order to protect the city. And apparently, some people think that's evil, but... <laughs> I took it as well, like a greater good thing. <laughs> no, I had to make it about the greater good. We had to rein it in and make it so there wasn't necessarily daily murder. I'm pretty right. sure we had, like you wanted it like every day someone's got to go. We got that to monthly, right? I for, It was like quarterly or something. Or quarterly. I thought or it was, was annually. annually. I don't know what we got to. I think it was annually because – during that annual sacrifice, like the God came down and in, embodied that person or like inhabited that person. Yeah, yeah. And so like it was deteriorating the body quickly over the course of a year. Isn't there also like a demon queen inside? I right, know it was like an alien goddess. Alien. That's right. Yeah. 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 Demons, aliens. Both of the shove things up your butt. So, you know. <laughs> what kind of demons are you hanging out with, Daniel? The I sexy mean, kind? Hey. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, okay. No, no, okay. No. Look, if if anyone is listening to this is having demons touch their butts, you tell us and we'll take care of it, okay? <laughs> we'll we'll point you in the right direction of where to we're going to do. I just said we're going to point them in the right direction <laughs> to get help. Daniel. To get help. <laughs> Whether it's an exorcist or a therapist, we're going to get you there. <laughs> but uh, uh yes, that was that was basically the the idea of the setting that it started as you know supposed to be capital G good mm. and we sort of it twisted was still that capital and, G good yeah, and Rob definitely reined us in and kept us from having like daily child sacrifices <laughs> which would have been pretty sweet but whatever. that would have been good so, yeah <laughs> I shudder to think what that setting would have been had I not been there oh my god had yeah. you had your way where it's like daily murder. <laughs> daily slaughter of the innocent constantly yep. please yeah yep. um i can hear courtney getting off to this from from uh, the internet uh, from several states away can i hear this it's courtney mm-hmm. you're disgusting first of all um <laughs> uh and no let's let's talk about this setting shall we mm-hmm. okay so the way that I see this episode going, we're going to spend some time revisiting it, talking about what we liked about it, introducing a new element. And then for shits and giggles, I've just decided this off the dome that I'm going to roll some random dice. We're going to switch some things about it. And then we're going to force ourselves to think about how that's going to look. So interesting. Yeah. Why not? Right. Let's get to it. So Courtney, what do you want to talk about with, I mean, besides adding more child sacrifice, what yeah. do we want to what what draws you to this particular setting? Why do you want to revisit it? Um, I think it I mean, a lot of it did come out of that like what do we interpret as good and like what can you do that's for the greater good? Mm. And sort of that that question of like morality and sort of making you pause and go mm. like, Oh, why is this making me feel like disturbed? Because one of the things too that came up like around when we released the setting was that idea of like morally good with a capital G and like comfort levels around what we might consider 
terrible acts of mm-hmm. violence and what have you. And, you know, why are we comfortable with reading a fantasy novel or watching a movie where there's like massive war and people dying all over the place? But when it's brought to this more like ritualistic, purposeful level, why does that make us feel kind of grossed yeah. out? So I, I liked examining that part of it and sort of mm-hmm. pushing that boundary a little bit. I think that was also the impetus for our aphid lounge episode for um, alignment. Is that correct? Oh, it might've been. Yeah. It might've definitely yeah. tied in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it was around the same time we had a similar mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. I, th- I think that might've like been the, the reason that we went into alignment because of that series. And that was a great, uh, that was a fun little episode that we had too. That was like an interesting exploration of how alignments bullshit. Um, but this isn't the aphid lounge. And if I you do want to listen to that episode. Yeah, exactly. Of course. If, if you missed that episode and you want to do, if you want to listen to it, all you got to do is just be our patron and all of the aphid lounge episodes are available to you. Plug, 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 obviously. Yes. I believe at the uh, giant aphid and God pacted levels in particular. I believe that's correct, Courtney. Yes. That, that And really that's just $5 or more. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, no big deal. Um, (laughs) anyway, the shilling is over. So yeah, let's, let's dive back into that setting, Courtney. So what are we exploring here? I mean, the morality of it seems to be kind of what you're interested in. What else do we want to explore here? I mean, there was also a lot of cool stuff in that setting with like exploring the dark and Mm -hmm. what lurks in there. Oh, we had the weird psionic spiders, right? Yeah, like spider moth things. Yeah, which are horrifying, but actually ended up being good in the end. (laughs) Were they good or were they just kind of neutral, I thought? I think they had some positive force. I don't remember why. Yeah, yeah, there was something positive about them in the end. Yeah. Mm, That sounds like revisionist history. I'm pretty sure that those <laughs> giant spiders were always evil, but that's fine. Because I think that they were they're the same species somehow as the queen, and so there was some relationship between them and the people that people yeah. didn't realize. I forget what it was, though. Right. Oh, right. that does sound familiar. Yeah, yeah, so because we don't know what setting the other person is bringing, we can't always go back and revisit it personally. That's why, like, we're trying to remember. God, that's almost a year ago now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was uh, February. Of this oh year. my God! Yeah, okay. Literally I mean, that's basically, ages ago. Yeah, I had another organ and was living in a different state at that point. So, like, <laughs> that's a very different life than I'm living now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Let's. I mean, what else do we want to talk about? What else can we? Oh, actually. In retrospect, is there anything that you think that this setting is missing that we can add? I mean, could have used a little bit more child sacrifice. Oh, fuck's sake. I had to say it. Um, yeah. Let's see. I guess, like, if we were to take more time with this setting, I'd be curious to get a more, like, on-the-ground view mm. about, like, somebody living in the city. Like, what is their day-to-day life like? Right, right. Because with our factions, if I'm remembering correctly... Mm-hmm. Daniel had this weird kind of like priestly class or clerical class where like they were going around and they were like gathering blood up and like children were involved somehow <laughs> with the collection of that blood. I don't even remember that. I I do for some reason. I do remember that. I know there were Jedi. We had Jedi at some point. Yeah, I don't know who brought I, did I bring the Jedi or did you, I Daniel? You did. I think you brought the Jedi. No, I think I, I don't know. No, you brought Rangers, Daniel. You brought like wilderness folk, didn't you? 
I don't. I know I was partly responsible for the lithid moths slash spider because at first they were spiders, but then we turned them into moths, sort of. No, yeah, no, we, I they, thought they were still spider looking, but they took yeah, um, moth slake moth qualities, yeah, right, right, yeah, right. Sure. right. Yeah. yeah. Oh lord, <laughs> this is this is too long ago at this <laughs> yeah. point. But yeah, I actually agree with you, Courtney. Like, what does their day to day look like? You know, like that is mm-hmm. something that I'm into because, like, what is it like to live in that society? What does art look like? What does trade look like in that particular society? So yeah, let's let's go back and revisit that part. Like, what what do you think? I mean, and this is actually really interesting because we normally don't get down to like such an intimate level with these settings. What do you think that looks like for you, Courtney? Like based on the the culture that they had going and sort of that idea of sacrifice ingrained, but also like sacrifice as an honor of sorts because of that annual sacrifice where the person kind of gave themselves to the alien goddess thing. I feel like it would be a very communal society Mm. where, I don't know, like less emphasis on accruing wealth and such and more on, I mean, just surviving even in that that state that they were in because they were in this city that was protected from the evils of the outside as they saw it. Mm. And um, Well, they all had to enter the blood pact in order to keep themselves safe, right? Right. And the blood pact. So they were all really connected in that way. That's actually a good point. We didn't talk about how communally active they or how community focused they would have been because mm-hmm. like the act of sharing blood, like you, you're essentially creating a large family at that point, right? Like that's how you can kind of interpret it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know. I get the sense that there wouldn't be as much um, corruption and greed as there might be in like if this city was in a normal habitat like an earth-like setting whereas this one it's like underground people are just sort of fighting for their Mm. survival and you kind of have to just look out for each other and make sure everybody else is safe because one wrong move and the whole community could come down absolutely yeah daniel do you want to talk about anything else i i thought that setting was pretty tightly uh, right yeah through. it would the other places you could explore is like outside of their immediate underground I think it was an underground society outside of their immediate underground mm-hmm. realm like you know yeah no that's a really great point like we because i know that we talked about how ir- what was essentially like dark irradiation right like where it was insanely dangerous to be out there mm-hmm. and i think that your faction daniel were people who were interested in finding those people and guiding them back or something like that is that oh, right oh yeah i think so yeah 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 yeah, so so there was that because I think we kind of landed on this idea that there's like um a, like a crashed spaceship essentially, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. That right. Yeah. Oh man, fucking blown off the cobwebs on that one. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's a great point. I think it'd be really interesting to see what another city would look like. Mm-hmm. You know, because they've got to exist out there, right? Yeah, because we had talked about other smaller settlements, and I think there yeah. was even one that might have been in the spaceship or around it or something. But mm. as far as like a large, like actual city, um, yeah, that would be interesting to explore. Yeah, yeah let's not do that, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, well, we can't. Well, that's the problem, right, is that we don't have time to create an entire other city. So right. I think what we should do instead for this one, let's reroll the theme and see how we can adapt it. And let's not keep ourselves i mean if you want to go full blood sacrifice you're more than welcome to at this point 
Um, but, but, (laughs) but let's see what the dice say and see what happens when we change the genre to grim, dark superheroes. Interesting. What, what a tonal shift that would be. So I'm thinking like sin city, I'm Mm, thinking um, like basically any Frank Miller, Mark Miller type stuff. And actually we can even bring in the boys in this. Uh, Cause I know you fucker so well, I'm pegging you to a fucking wall with this. Um, But anyway, yes, please talk about the boys, Courtney and Daniel. So we can (laughs) talk about how blood sacrifice in this city works. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling your superheroes are those Jedi's that are corrupt in some way. Because the the boys, mm-hmm. in in much the same vein as like Watchmen, is all about deconstructing the Superman and how mm-hmm. having that much power is just awful and, and it results in disgusting people. Yeah. So you can certainly show the dark side of the city through that if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or like the, the priests at the top who are controlling this mm-hmm. and like what are their ulterior motives? Here's what I'd like to consider as well. Because we're talking grimdark superheroes, we can now kind of periodize things a little bit differently, right? So what we can then instead look at is how the media plays a role in this, right? So I'm thinking that we can play around with celebrity, with Mm -hmm. propaganda. Uh, The celebrity bit in particular, I think, is rather interesting because I'm imagining now that like those who donate the most or those who are actually blessed with the blood of the goddess are probably the ones who are out there being superheroes. Right. So we can kind of recontextualize that a little bit and maybe still have some, some altruism in there, please. If we could, I know it's grim dark now, so there it does allow for that. Mm-hmm. But like, I still think it's, we should keep in mind just a little, maybe not capital G good. Maybe there's gray gray scale going on here, but let's try and keep it in that window. Yeah. I, I'm picturing like, like you said, um, the people who are like donating the most blood are the sort of highest tier, but Mm. also would they necessarily always be donating their own blood? Are they perhaps using others to get blood to donate? But then you could have, I mean, even in the boys, there are good characters or characters who are trying to be good. So maybe that's like the, the other uh, faction is like these sort of underdogs who are trying to make a difference and like point out the corruption and um, mm. stop all these people from being bled out constantly just so that the others can be superior. That's kind of a fun one as well, because now we can get into this idea that those superheroes who are going into the dark to lead these other towards the light and like be the beacon that they need to be like they're actually doing it because they get credit for the blood that they donate or something mm-hmm. like that, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's not altruistic. It's actually very selfish because they want to maintain that power structure that they've established in some way. We we find often that in um, stories like this, there's a moral imperative baked into the setting. We find that in, you know, in, mm. in the boys, like trying to do good and be a goody two shoes, the blonde characters, like the, the good guy Starlight. who wants to change things. Yeah, Starlight, like, she just faces ultimately, like, total peril by trying to do that and mm-hmm. not by, oh, by yeah. taking a gray approach to things. One of my favorite books, which I always reference, and I think I've done plenty of times here, is The um, Eyes of the Overworld um, or The Cudgel Saga, which has a moral universe where 
you know, it's as if uh, Ayn Rand was correct, and that that's how the universe functions. <laughs> and so this character, and it's a, it's a hilarious <laughs> book. This character who's a thief is a total bastard, and he's always swindling people, and he's a he's a miser, and he's just he lives to get the best for himself. But in that universe, that's why he's a hero. Everyone who tries mm. to not do that immediately gets fucked. And so if we're going to do like a grimdark superhero, you know, you're building in by saying grimdark, you're building in a moral imperative into the setting. True. You know, true. Which is what you guys yeah. are describing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that we have to go a little bit gray with it because yeah. we see that keyword of grimdark. Absolutely. And to our point, like that's why good now, like I believe it was Diploraptor's prompt, like Diploraptor's good, quote unquote, takes on a different meaning if the setting is grimdark. Like it is good mm-hmm. now to operate in shades of gray to get shit done. That's oh, the good yeah. guy's way is what I mean. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because now we're having that shifting moralism, right? Yeah. Or that shifting morality just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that works. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of like um in A Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. spoilers for something that probably everybody knows by now, but like Ned Stark tries to oh, yeah. go about yeah. things the right yeah. way, the good way, the righteous way, and he fucking gets his head cut off like right. immediately. In Game of Thrones, it has a particular moral universe it's operating in, and the the, the creator of the moral universe is the author, and he's telling mm. you like this is now how it works in this universe. You know, right, you're going to get right. popped if you do the wrong. There's, he's doing the wrong thing there. You know, yeah, right, yeah. It's it's that the the morals don't match the setting mm-hmm. essentially, right? It's like right, yeah. All right. Well, I, I think that was a fun little exploration. I think we can move on to our next setting. What do you think? Yeah, I'm all for it. Excellent. Daniel, why don't you go ahead and start us off here and, or not start us off, but continue this conversation. Where are we focusing our gaze next, Daniel? What did you want to revisit? One of I remember fondly more so than the other one. I, so I also had Lawn of a Thousand Sacrifices on my list too, but mm. I was also thinking about Desert of a Thousand Tombs, but I think that's too close to mm. the City of a Thousand Sacrifices. So I would rather go with Land of a Thousand Billionaires. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Okay. And I don't remember much of that setting, but I do remember it was kind of like survivors colonizing a world led by an altruistic billionaire. And yeah. then mm-hmm. one of the survivors be disagreeing with the way things were and becoming like this fascist leader who yeah. was going to work against their own civilization. They're searching for some kind of like, I guess the original ship they came yeah. from. Yeah. Keywords from that series. Lady Hitler got mentioned probably <laughs> <Yeah>. enough times <laughs> to get us censored somewhere. It was there some was fascism for her. I think yeah, you know, fascism for her. Yeah, like fascism sparkles. for her. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> We yeah. also that was our first foray into exploring some of these settings as prestige television series. Yeah. And also, um, we'll also recall that the the other thing was like people couldn't feel emotions anymore. Oh, Re- right. Let's remember yeah. that as well. Yeah. Or no, they could only feel one emotion at a time. Mm-hmm. And there were objects, I think, that resonated emotion. That's what kind of turns the the bad guy. Like, I think she was attracted to one of them. The big dumb objects that was, yes. yeah, very eerie yeah. and, yeah. Mm-hmm. There was also, like, a we created, like, a grand plot and a grand conspiracy here. Mm-hmm. Because it was, like, Lady Hitler grew up and, like, there was, like, sabotage and, like, murder of the billionaire classes and stuff like that. Do y'all yeah. remember that? Yeah, because they were killed on the ship, right? Oh, it was in the virtual space. Yeah. yeah. Or some of them were, not all of them, right? It was basically, mm-hmm. like, a... A rebellion like within the the cryo right. sleep 
I, I think it's because I was having a problem with the idea that like good billionaires existed. Like I just <laughs> yeah. couldn't wrap my head around that. Like I thought it's antithetical. I still think we it's antithetical. We started like an underclass of um, other rich people who were like opposed to the whole mission, I believed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, we, we had to do some fucking heavy shop work to make that episode work to get around. <laughs> Qu- you can't see my air finger quotes, but good billionaires. Yeah, uh, exactly. I wanted, I wanted to go against the, the trope and deliberately create someone who had billions, who was actually trying to do something good. Mm-hmm. yeah well keep living that pipe dream daniel <laughs> keep, keep on living that pipe we can dream. we can create all these fantastical settings but good mm-hmm. billionaires it's a hard, <laughs> know, a hard line for us. yes <laughs> yeah okay animals who create magical recipes i'm on board totally fine yeah good billionaires no. yeah yeah good <laughs> billionaires no no <laughs> By the way, Batman is not even a good billionaire. He's not yeah. doing the best for fucking Gotham. He's beating up poor people and the mentally ill. He's what is not, he? He's not what poor people is he beating up? Okay, who do you think people hire, Daniel? Are they hiring rich people? No, they're hiring people who are down and out. You mean the who are in need of money who yeah, have to the sell minions. their body to be goons. The minions he's fighting. I see yeah. my rebuttal to that would be that Batman operates in a moral universe where what he, what he's doing is the only way to achieve good. That's not true at all. He is straight face. Okay, in in more recent, I'm talking like Snyder <laughs> runs of the show, or I'm mean, not the show but of this Snyder's of garbage the though. What <laughs> Snyder's garbage? No, 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 no. Not not um not movie Snyder, writer Snyder. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't watch that. Yeah, comments. he he's the one who did like Court of Owl. I can't remember his first name right now because I all I want to think is like Zack Snyder. I'm like that's not him. I know it's not him, mm-hmm. but like he did Court of Owls, Death of the Family, like really good. Batman stories. And in those ones, he's starting to introduce like, hey, maybe maybe he should introduce like social programs and stuff. But it's like, you know, a hundred plus years into the run of Batman. Sure. As a character, yeah. right? I mean, there's a lot of interpretations and stories we can tell about characters like Batman, right? But then when you think of like a Batman or a Superman, they kind of come from a certain wellspring of ideas, right? <laughs> I'm just I'm just backing up a little bit. For example, no, no, I'm just thinking like <laughs> we're just having the same fight. We're just having the same fight just, again. Just let me explain because this goes back to what we were talking about with the previous setting. Like, if you want to tell a Superman story that deviates from the idea of hope and him being you know, the salvation for humanity. You can certainly do that, but it's a different kind of Superman story. It's not your classic stripe of Superman. So in the same way that we told a grimdark version of Diplo's setting, right? So then you have to shift the moral goal. So if you want to tell a Batman story where instead of fighting on the dark streets of Gotham slash evil New York, which is full of criminals, he decides to make a bunch of social programs you could certainly do that, but you're telling a story that deviates from the dark, gritty core that is Batman. I really think we need to pivot back onto this. Uh, <laughs> we need to pivot back onto the setting because we could just have this conversation again, and I don't uh-huh. think we want to do that. Mom and Dad, can you stop fighting? You know what? Tell you what, tell you what, why don't we do this? Why don't we roll on the first thing we're focusing on and we can really narrow down our focus onto that particular thing. How does that sound, Daniel? Sure. All right, cool. So the thing that we're focusing on with our revisitation of this setting is. Oh, okay. Thematically appropriate. And in our prestige television episode, I mean, it makes sense. 
a rebellion slash revolution. So a new revolution slash rebellion has arisen. Mm. How's that going? What's going on with it? Whoa, interesting. Yeah. So it's not it's not our fascist friend because she's already done her work. Right. And she's already I think we gave her a redemption arc or something like that. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I forget what it was exactly, but I know at some point there was something with like perhaps detonating the the original ship or something because of like a nuclear core. Oh, that like sounds that. that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't the ship like a trap in some way in the end. So that's why she had to blow it up. I should remember. So there was a ghost in there too. Right. A cyber oh, ghost. Right. Wasn't there like dad in there or something? It's a cyber ghost. Oh, right. Because yeah. I think that he was still alive and, and was somehow manipulating things behind the scenes. I don't know. No, I, I thought it was his crony who was doing that. That that was the oh man, yeah. See, this is why they possessed people too. Like that was part of it. Did they? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't think they had possession at all. I thought it was purely political intrigue. No, I think when they got in the ship, there was the the, the possibility of possessing someone technologically. I don't remember. Oh <laughs> yeah. Okay, that yeah. does sound somewhat familiar now. I don't yeah. know why though, but yeah. So, so just to go back to what we were saying. Clearly not her, because that she has her own faction. Yeah. They're doing mm-hmm. stuff. It's clearly not the people who woke up, because they're not really a faction, you know. So who is? Well, clearly we gotta have a ghost rebellion, Daniel. Come on. <laughs> oh, or God. the um, what were they? Genetically modified animals that were there. Oh, the oh yeah, that's yeah. a good yeah. one too. We can do. So there's like a consciousness uprising, and it's like, all right, fuckers, time for super pets. Let's go. <laughs> yes. I think that works. Maybe they gained sentience in a way and became their own people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely support that. Mm-hmm. Especially after seeing like what they saw in the settlement. Right oh, now. yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, clearly you guys can't govern yourselves. So we're just yeah. going to move on out and do our own thing. Can we can we just OK, hold on. This is going to sound kind of dumb. Hold on. Just you can you can reject this outright. It's no problem. Animal farm. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> can we have the ghosts consciousnesses start slipping into these sentient animals in some way? They're Courtney's animals, so defer to her. <laughs> what I'm suggesting here, folks, uh-huh. is instead of Lady Hitler, we can now have Dog Hitler. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Why not? But does that mean we have furries? We have human. We now have anthropomorphic oh, shit. humans. Oh, oh you walked uh, right into that trap. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm okay with that, Daniel. You, you, you're the one who's like owned. You, oh, you've self-owned at this. Oh, point. You, you hate non-humans. Now we have non-human furries wandering no, in around. In this particular setting, yeah. Like, uh, look, I'm fine. It's fine. All right. Oh, so you're gonna get it. So another dwarves too. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Now you just pay, you're just taking the piss at this point. There's no reason for y'all to be doing this. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, as long as we're getting out in this setting and not the one I'm about to introduce, that's all we got. Oh, we gotta hold their dwarves. Hold their dwarves. Definitely dwarves. Definitely dwarves related. Oh, you must no, no, no dwarves. Not acceptable. God, I'm gonna be so mad at you if that happens. You have no idea. Anyway, all right. Okay, let, let's add some real stakes to this rebellion, though, because I feel like mm-hmm. it is a bit farcical, but we should we should approach it with the level of seriousness that we did with the original uh, prestige. Dog series. Hitler is not farcical at all. <laughs> dog Hitler is very serious. <laughs> Maybe a way to rein it in is these chimeras, they're chimeras rather than sure. um, okay. totally yes. essential, yeah. totally humanoid. And so they become, they have some kind of like 
maybe they're not literally taking the ghost, but fragments of what their intention was. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was. Ex- that's kind yeah. of what I was uh, assuming. That it's it's not like Hitler dog is like oh I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. actually Hitler. It's like no no no. It's actually like, Hitler. Influence, right? yeah. <laughs> I want to go with that instead. The actual like, Hitler. They actually <laughs> brought Friday. along the ghost yes. Hitler with them yeah, yeah. Yeah. for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because the billionaire was like, "I'm a historian." It's like, yeah. no, you just want Hitler. He but, saved yeah. all the Nazis on a heart a floppy disk, and it was left inside the computer. And then when they blew it up, the Thetan waves flew out over mm. the world and infected yeah. all the animals. Daniel, I'm so glad that you, as our science guy, is here <laughs> is here to to tell us how it would work exactly. So yeah, I, I appreciate. I'm sponsored that. by Scientology, so. <laughs> <laughs> well no 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 no. now we're getting into we need a volcano to toss yes. all the things mm. in to blow yeah, it yeah. up and spread yeah. it across the land so mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay guys this is oh, i always God. thought xenu looked like he always looks like darth vader in my mind like xenu i don't know why but they don't do they ever describe him inside the i ocean? can't not think of the south park depiction of xenu <laughs> so like, like that i forgot xenu let me see. Oh, you're just gonna Google it. That's great. Oh, that saves me a Google. Oh my god, he's like some bald dude, or is he a lizard man? Oh yeah, he's a lizard man with a weird like butt for a face. <laughs> Kinda. And doesn't really have arms. Weird. It's got like tentacles. They're they're kind of tentacles, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's Xenu. So, mm-hmm. you know. Because he's supposed to be their Satan, so I guess that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think he's gonna be handsome? Like, no, get out of here. I mean, there's another version of him who's like bald. But what is this from? Villains Wiki fandom. Zenu, supposed extraterrestrial supervillain and evil genius. The Galactic Confederacy. He is Satan. next week on our new podcast. Daniel Google's things live. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who drew this, but it's very particular. Oh my God. Anyway, can, can, I, I suppose we should move on at this point. Yeah. Right? Like, uh-huh. um, do we? Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. We're going to switch the genre and see if we can make it even more farcical somehow. Uh, I don't think that's possible. Well, let's see what happens. Oh, oh, that's very different. And I think we can make it work. Actually, we've got a cult detective. Hmm. Oh yeah. So we get. Like a ghost hunter. I was going to say, instead of cyber ghosts, we have real ghosts. Or he yeah. could still be... Hunt- but, okay, so it's still cyber ghosts, but he has to deal with it through magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Daniel, what do you think? How can we make this more occult detective? Let's add drugs. So <laughs> yeah! I'm going to say, <laughs> say the, anim- the people who survive, like, they hunt the chimeras for their blood because it gives them an emotional high if they drink it mm. or inject it into themselves. And the detective has to deal with CD um, blood blood dance. Okay. Dance. Yes. First of all, yes, but it's entirely on the black market. Yes. Like this is mm-hmm. completely illegal. So when they're hunting these chimeras, like they kind of have to do mm-hmm. it secretly. There's they like steal them. Yep. And and there's like a whole horrible underground like black market where it's like you know that they're doing first of all mm-hmm. weird sex stuff yeah uh and second of all there's Debris also like fighting pits. yeah oh, oh. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh. yeah stop it. oh it's it's in my head and i hate it oh god with the dog oh. 
No, I That's feel like how you get Dog Hitler. Yeah. Dog Hitler is rebelling against this. Yes. Yeah. You're rooting for Dog Hitler in this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. So hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. So what are we missing here? We've got a detective. Mm-hmm. What does every good detective need? A partner. Dog Hitler's the detective's partner. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's we've got Turner and Hooch, but instead of Hooch, terrible. it's Dog Hitler. <laughs> I feel like we need an AI generated movie poster for this. I can make that. <laughs> I can sell it. Dog Hitler. Oh, Hitler's probably a band word though. Oh, but I can do it locally though. Nobody can stop me there. I can type whatever I want. What does Dog Hitler even look like? Well, we're gonna find out. <laughs> All right. Can we? This 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 episode is quickly deteriorating. But like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this. I mean, I genuinely think that like detective plus dog inhabited by a not necessarily Hitler, but <laughs> some kind of like a. a I think that works because now you have a detective Pikachu vibe going on and mm-hmm. it, I think it works thematically and I think it works within the series and having that black market element works. I think it all works. I think we're good for the love of God. Please. Can we get away from this? Okay. Yep. <sighs> okay. So much like Daniel, I had to pare mine down. I had initially four that I wanted to talk about one of which was Wuxia Tower, but we kind of brought it up again in a more recent episode. So I'm like, all right, it's not that one. The other one that I wanted to highlight briefly was Church of a Thousand Blood Rites, which was our Halloween series with Ian from Under Common Tastes. Mm-hmm. That was a really fun series as well. We did a lot of dice rolling in that one. Really great series from Halloween. That didn't make the thing because Daniel wasn't here for it. Uh, so ultimately, I wanted to highlight what was probably one of the most delightful series that we did this year, which is land of a thousand musicals where we had dance offs. We discovered that Daniel loved musicals and we bonded over it for a little bit. We had the power of love. We had Westerns. We had referees. We had music fights. We had giant tuning forks. So to me, this series was aching to be re-explored so i wanted to come back and talk about this one a little bit that one's really fun this was uh, another patron submission by jay so big finger guns to jay for that one that was really fun I actually landed so, a thousand billionaires was as well that was by honestly kidding yes yes that's what i mean another patron one yeah so kind of showing our bias here but um honestly that's that's not true at all but uh it just so happened to be that way admittedly Mm -hmm. um but yeah so what do y'all think about land of a thousand musicals because i i really enjoyed that conversation i enjoyed the flow of that i loved the setting i really wanted to come back to it wasn't there um at the end of it a spin unless i'm thinking of it wrong the where we had to make it a western or was it a western there were Western elements in there. Yeah. We actually started with Western elements because the first episode is literally called Space Western Rock Opera. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember I remember a bunch of cowboy stuff at some point. Yeah, th- that's absolutely part of it. To, to jog your memory, Daniel, 
There was there was a big delineation between high class and low class. There was very uh, hard lines in terms of musical culture. And then there was uh, a massive space station, a companion space station. And it was the, the Western part was this space station was being reclaimed and oh, re-inhabited. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of a gold rush to get land or area in that abandoned and now repopulating massive space station. So that's that's mm-hmm. a good refresher for you if you don't remember that setting very well. That was the one that had really good plotting, I think, like structurally. Because I remember there were two space stations. Too. We talked about the inner rim yes. at some point. Yeah. yeah, it was like the outer and the inner one. The inner was yep. very like structured and cultured and played a lot of classical music i think yeah. if i remember correctly and classical inspired i don't think it'd be yeah. classic i don't think well, i don't think yeah. motherfuckers are going to be like still playing chopin at that point well, you know yeah what I mean? but, but like, like pseudo inspired yes yeah. that type of snootified you know whatever and then i think we also had like really high concept experimental music was on there as well or something like that because yeah, i thought like, it was dumb and fun yeah like very artsy yes yes that's correct yeah 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 Okay. And then on the other hand, it's like the rough and tumble, you know, paint your wagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you're a jet, you're a jet all the way type stuff, you know, real, real lower class stuff. But yes, that is, that was the setting. Correct. Right. And the quest involved Sam Elliott getting his crew back together. <laughs> oh yeah. That's yeah, yes. Right. Okay. Daniel, that's probably what you're thinking of. Cause we mm-hmm. did have a, we had an extended main quest with that one. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and figure out what we're going to be focusing on expanding this time. Uh, And it's going to be. Ooh, 19. Let's see. Ooh. Oh, oh, that's something we, oh, that's very cool. Something monstrous. Hmm. So we, we didn't even touch on anything related to that at all. Like, so something monstrous seems really interesting here. What do y'all think? I'm going to let y'all take care of this first. Huh. Right? I mean, with like the, because the tuning forks had been like left there by some ancient civilization, right? Mm-hmm. wonder if we can do something there where like those tuning forks were supposed to be kept in line to like keep something evil away. Some like behemoth space beast or something. Okay. Okay. Fuck off. No, we're not adding goddamn Cthulhu to our pleasant little fucking space adventure here. Okay. Now, if we wanted to do Rocky horror and introduce that kind of monstrous, why can't it be a um, Cthulhu being whose music um, ruins the music of others? Mm. oh like a music eater oh well no we kind of had that already with your uh with your judge daniel remember i know this one generated silence but i mean mm. introducing a song that is counter to there oh like it like an earworm that like you yeah. can't get out of your home oh that's good uh-huh. wait that's really good so you can have an earworm and it's like a zombie virus where it's like oh, I can't stop singing or humming or something. Yeah, Yeah, that's really good. And it keeps you from doing anything else. It's like all you can think about. So you can't perform any other music. Right, right, right. And so it self-perpetuates as well. And then we had villains that were like hired by the government to steal music, but that's different. So this Mm -hmm. is more like disrupting music indiscriminately. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. And I mean, it can also be kind of an apt metaphor for um, the music industry in general, you know, like the kind of corporatized, like we want everyone to listen to the same music all the time, you know, like that kind of thing. So that, okay, that's really fun. 
is this a space threat or is this like an internal threat? Going with what Courtney said, it sounds like it comes from the tuning fork, the people who created the tuning okay. forks. Or like is prevented by the tuning forks, maybe. Oh. But um because mm. yeah, I want it to be a space threat because we already had a lot of internal True. like civilization-based threats before. Sure. Let's so let's do that then. Like it, it is some kind of monstrous, you know, like external threat. Now, when we say earworms, are they literal parasites or how do they manifest exactly? I feel like that fits with the setting. Yeah. If they do literally like crawl into your ear and kind of stick there. Mm. That's also an Animorphs reference. If you're old <laughs> enough to understand that reference. I'm thinking of, a, <laughs> what was it? Was it like Wrath of Khan? Oh yeah. 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 Like the one thing I remember from yeah. that movie, it's like embedded in my brain now where they, they force the creature thing inside this guy's ear and like put the helmet over. So it, he can't mm. get away. Yeah. Not the beautiful soliloquy delivered by Ricardo Montalban. No, it's the horrifying, which by the way, is actually very good. I'm, I'm making a facetious joke here, but no, the, the worms. Yeah, no, that's horrifying. That is like yeah. genuinely unsettling. Uh, especially if you've ever had a bug crawl in your ear before. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's do that. That sounds fun as hell. So we mm-hmm. have this kind of like, force that is taking over it it is a mix between invasion of the body snatchers and uh, a zombie horde which i think is really Mm -hmm. fun but okay so so the question now becomes how do we get rid of them you have to play the right song Mm -hmm. right but i think thematically what we need to do here is we got to create community we got to create harmony so i think that the best way to approach this this is an external threat so the best way to approach this is the only way that they can be defeated is when the high class and the low class come together. So you can have your most powerful musicians for the high class fighting these things. It does nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Same with the low class. It does nothing. But when two of them come together, when you have that Romeo and Juliet situation and they start singing, all of a sudden... Bam. That's when you find your cure. That's when you find your, your fight against that. And I think that's the way to do it because again, musicals often require that everyone comes together at the end and sings their big finale song. And I think that is actually a beautiful, perfect way to end on that particular setting as well. Mm. It uh, of course makes me think of the adult swim classic short the Lords of Synth one live at the Necropolis. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were going to go with too many cooks, but yeah, Lords of Synth is excellent. Yeah, that's great. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's perfect. Okay, that's that's chef's kiss. Amazing, beautiful. Uh, let's see what happens when we roll in the genre and see how we can recontextualize this musical. Our genre this time is... High fantasy, of course. Yeah, that's that's the appropriate move, I think, right? Um, so now we have bards, and now, mm-hmm. well, what's different about this, right? Like, w- instead of two space stations, what's different? Yeah, I'm, I feel like it could be a pretty simple translation of like the snooty elves and their sure. high high class music, and mm-hmm. then like the sort of I don't know grubbier races doing their mm-hmm. own thing and grubbier. Or in the elven eyes, like the mm-hmm. nice way to cover up your racism, Courtney. Uh, Good job. It's my racism against humans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
high fantasy um, as a genre also deals with um, personifying the nature of good and evil. Ooh, yeah, um, yeah. And so you'd probably want um, to really start yeah, or that, or like really starkly um, exaggerate the qualities of the villains and the heroes. Mm. Oh, that's mm. fun. Okay, yeah. I'm now thinking of like what a necromancer would look like in this particular setting. Are they resurrecting dead musicians or are they resurrecting dead songs? Songs that are no longer popular. Definitely dead songs. Yeah, mm. hell yeah. Oh, one hit wonders. Are those just spells or no, there's, they're, they're like potions or they're scrolls. They're people's right? souls. Mm. They're playing oh, people's geez. souls. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like thematically, right? Like you're singing from your soul. And so yeah. a necromancer is like, they're resurrecting these one hit wonders to use their soul power once more. Yes. Yeah. That mm -hmm. works very well, actually. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you Ooh, need to. Good. We still have to preserve the tuning forks, but that can just become, you know, the giant mythological artifacts on either side of the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's your Mount Olympus, right? Like, that's mm -hmm. that's what that is, as, as far as I can see it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, man, that, okay. See, this is, what, this is what I love about this particular setting is that no matter how you translate it, I'm still smiling from ear to ear. That's what I love about it so much. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm so excited to be talking about this. Well, I, I mean, is there is there anything else that we want to talk about? Are we good? I think we nailed it. I think we ended on our big crescendo, our yeah, big finale. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's going to do it for this episode and this year of World Build with us. Uh, thank you so much for supporting us throughout the year. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. Click the link, follow the instructions, all of that good stuff. And we'll be building your world within a reasonable amount of time. Uh, we're on social media over at Let's World Build on the Twitters. But if you really want to talk to us more in depth and more in person, uh, not that we're in person, but, you know, more in person, you can go to our Discord, join our community, chat with us about world building, chat with us about musicals, whatever you want. Come on over. Come chat with us. And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always join our Patreon and get access to patron-only Discord, early episodes, and patron exclusive content like patron only episodes and stuff like that. But that's going to do it for this episode of world build with us. Remember that we love you very much and we're going to get through this together until next year. <laughs> <laughs>